It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucrat the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation. And welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for listening. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment in history. And thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Thursday to you, producer Steve. And again, according to Kay and Boulder, it is Thankful Thursday. It is. There's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, Boy, I tell you, look at the headlines, and it seems somewhat daunting. But uh, there's a lot to be thankful for. And in a lot of ways, uh, we still have the the blessings to be uh, grateful for the mundane. The mundane, I think, is under attack. That mundane would be that everyday people get to go about their lives and have a great quality of life uh, where their cost of living is not skyrocketing because of public policy. Um, but we, we still have a lot to be thankful for, and we've got a, a, a lot to protect here as well, Steve. And that's why we do this show. And uh, so it's great to have uh, all of you joining us. Uh, check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at our upcoming guests and our uh, most recent podcasts. And we're going to get back on the on the rotation of doing our podcast we i don't know where the time goes uh, steve but we just have uh, had so much going on that we have not added new ones on so we're going to get back in the rotation on that starting tomorrow morning we'll be recording some of those uh you can email me at kim at kimmunson.com as well and thank you to all of you who contribute to support us we're an independent voice we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force force versus freedom and of course steve my other show is america's veteran stories which broadcast the initial um, interviews broadcast on sundays 3 to 4 p.m and so we will be broadcasting part two of our interview with fred weiss uh world war ii b-17 bomber pilot 35 missions great interview and so that will be 3 to 4 p.m this sunday steve you know, any any veteran gets my attention in terms of what they, you know, what branch of the service were they in, what major conflicts were they in, but the pilots over Europe in B-17s, they really get my attention in terms of what they were flying into on every mission, and, you know, the Germans were ready for them, and the oh, Germans yeah. made their lives a living hell, uh, so, you know, Guys like Fred Weiss, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for. Well, and he's 99 years old, so it's just so great to um, to get these stories. And, and um, as I think many of you listeners know, I have this rig that I can take that it uh, uh, I can go out and do remote broadcast, and it comes directly into the studio board. And as I'm sitting across from him, yes, he's 99 years old, but you can see... You can see the life of, of you know, his, his life, which is a super interesting life. But yet that, that young man, you can see that through his eyes as well, that young man that's bringing these stories alive. So 
uh, it's just a great honor to get to do these to get to do these different uh, interviews and um, you know so be sure and check that out they're they're really great interviews and uh, boy what a show we have planned for you today uh, the featured guest this hour will be Dr. Jeff Barkey and he is one of the original uh, he's founders of America's Frontline Doctors and he's based out in California so bless his heart he's going to get up early and uh, we're going to talk about uh, new mask mandates in L.A. School District as well as uh, San Diego School District. And then in the second hour, our featured guest is a friend of mine. She's that Southwest flight attendant that was just awarded $5.1 million. She got fired because she challenged her union leadership when they were using union resources and union money to um, promote abortion. And uh, she got, uh, so she challenged them on social media uh, and she got called in, she got fired. And so she sued them and it's been a long time coming, but um, she, uh, uh, the verdict is $5.1 million. So we'll talk with her in the second segment. Uh, So let's get over here. Well, as you all know, and my friends, and we see force all the time. We look at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And socialism ultimately comes down to force. It's not about free stuff. Uh, the free stuff is just the, the carrot to get people to vote for it. But once socialism is in place, it's difficult to get rid of it. And, um, and it comes under all kinds of different, um, oh, different, uh, what would you say? Masquerading is a variety of different things. And sometimes it's compassion. What we see right now, what they're using is, uh, the environment and climate change, uh, to push this agenda. And of course, Joe Biden is uh, front and center on that, doing executive orders regarding climate change. We'll talk a bit more about what I think may be coming down the pike with that. But my friends, it's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, their lives via force. And force comes in so many different um, methods. One is a weapon. It could be policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the latest, this World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elites Agenda. And I saw on uh, uh, one of the shows last night, John Kerry explaining why he needs to fly around on private jets. Did you happen to see that, Steve? Uh, you can hear me chuckling here because I wanted to drag him out yesterday and you know call him the poster child, uh, poster boy for the the elites because of this silly, you know this silliness that he portends and uh, so great it's great that you know you, you saw something coming from another direction. People are noticing. People cannot just you know well, well they can't avoid uh, looking the other way because the absurdity of what's coming out of his mouth versus his actions. Well, and I saw one of my friends the other day, or yesterday, I saw one of my friends, and we were talking about this whole agenda. And, uh, you know, one of the things, these elites think that there's too many people on on Earth right now, and that we need to get rid, rid of some of them. And, I, and my friend and I both said, well, you first, you go ahead, and, you know, we'll see how we, we'll see how we can do without you. But if you think there's too many people, you first. How about, how about that, Steve? <laughs> Yes. And, you know, and keep just to keep pounding John Kerry, there was something on social media yesterday, you know, pointing this particular absurdity of his. And I couldn't resist. If you remember the 2004 presidential campaign, I guess he ran against uh, uh, George Bush, W, and uh, this controversy over the Swift fast boats or Swift boats in Vietnam. Right, he right. got totally toasted on that because he was 
again, stretching the truth and everything. So my, my suggestion is that maybe if he can't fly, he would go to Swift Boats. Ah, oh, very good. You get Snarky Number One Award today. That's good. Yeah, very, very good. So, but let's go over here. And actually, you um, sent this over our quote of the day, and it's by Leo Tolst- Tolstoy, and he's um, a Russian writer who's regarded as one of the greatest authors of all time. He received nominations for the Nobel Prize in Literature every year from 1902 to 1906, and for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1901, 1902, and 1909. The fact that he never won is a major controversy. He was born in 1828 and died in 1910. And this is what he said. He said, wrong does not cease to be wrong because the majority share in it. Good one, Steve. Well, I think it's a major tactic of the left, you know, just just to remind people, well, if this were wrong, why are so many people doing it? It's like, no, I'm not buying that. Right, 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 right. And so that goes to, let's go to that, that first um, story that you wanted to talk about, and that's by, I think it's Beth Whitehead in The Federalist, and we're going to try to get her on, regarding the fact that there's not been reporting on these um, massive protests against the World Economic Forum's policies throughout the world. It's uh, rather astounding that we're not hearing anything about that in mainstream media, Steve. Well, you've been, uh, we talked about, was it last week? Uh, we specifically zeroed in on the Netherlands, the farmers protesting, mm-hmm. you know, the issue regarding like fertilizer. Uh, in this particular article out of the federal, it's this Beth Whitehead. They started doing some cross-checking. And in this year alone, uh, I guess their criteria was some type of protest, thousand people or more. And listen to this list of countries, Spain, Morocco, Greece, the UK, India, the Netherlands, like we said, Canada, Kazakhstan, Sri Lanka, Argentina, and France. All of them protest over some type of, you know, a leftist oriented uh, policy. And, you know, forgive me for reading here, but corporate media won't talk about the rest of these protests because the countries are struggling from economically disastrous policies akin to President Joe Biden's. Any show of economic turmoil in the UN, uh, EU member states could be traced back to EU sanctions on Russia or green energy failures, which fly in the face of corporate media's agenda. Many of these countries have inflationary monetary policies. The media only highlight these world protests when they grow too big to ignore, or when the facts can be skewed towards their preferring uh, narratives. Cherry-picking which protests to highlight gives media cover to paint them as isolated incidents in non-Western countries, instead of a worldwide trend showing the consequences of embracing left-winning policies. After all, Biden is making the same blunders in the United States, and corporate media can't have Americans connecting those dots. Discontent with these policies, failures, is triggering massive protests all over the world. Just don't expect to read about it in the New York Times. And uh, that's why thank you for to Beth for putting this into the Federalist. And thanks, Steve, for being on top of that. You and Patty for getting this into the, the packet. Um, because we're realizing we could not trust mainstream media. And uh, that's why on the show here we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And we are an independent voice. And uh, so I appreciate all of you who support us. I appreciate these great sponsors that I have. And uh, one of those sponsors is Hooters Restaurants. 
they have five locations. That's Loveland, um, Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, and Colorado Springs. And they have all kinds of lunch uh, specials Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. They have $9 specials, $10 specials, $11 specials. Great, great place just to get together with friends and have lunch. So be sure and check that out. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue with uh, some additional headlines in this next segment. And then we'll talk with Dr. Jeff Barkey in uh, um, segments three and four. Stay tuned. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to be able to, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. Ideas should be able to stand up to scrutiny and uh, be able to persuade people. So um, with that, Steve, we were talking about the fact that there's uh, these protests all over the world. But uh, if you're not looking outside of mainstream media, you're typically not seeing them. And uh, you'd come across a a soundbite that you thought would be good to share this morning and uh, set this up for us. Well, uh, hopefully... uh all of our listeners are, are have heard the name Katie Turr. She's been a you know major fixture on NBC and MSNBC. Oh, geez, for twenty plus years now. Apparently, she had a little moment of soul searching, and she was recently being interviewed. And this is this, listen to this. It's only a thirty second clip, but listen to this. And then on top of that, um, there was just a Gallup poll out today that shows that the trust in, in media and newspapers and television is you know, hitting an all-time low. People don't trust us. They don't believe us. And it makes me wonder if this job, as I'm currently doing it, is effective, uh, but if it's doing more harm than good. I don't have a good answer for that. Mm. So... Uh, those thoughts linger in the back of my mind. Sure. They linger, though, because I, I do love it, and I do think it's important, and I'm hoping to find a way to to better communicate with people. Now, read between the lines there. Did she have some type of a moment where she finally, you know, sees, like there was a train wreck in her brain. Here we are purposely distorting uh, the news, you know, only telling half the story, and now all of a sudden she's wondering, is it doing more harm than good? Boy, Steve, you're giving her more benefit of the doubt than I think that I am. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, like, I, I, like we said in the pre-call, let's see if the next 10 days she gets fired. Well, that could be interesting as well. 
But uh, she says that she loves what she's doing. Okay, great. But they got to know that they're bearing some stories. They've got to know that they uh, have been pushing narratives that, I mean, if you dig just a little bit, you see that there's two sides to the story. For example, mask mandates. Uh, And we'll talk with Dr. Barkey about that. But there's two sides to the story, but they just push one narrative, push one narrative. And my gosh, are you doing more harm than good? Look what's going on with regular people. I mean, the economy is uh, regular people have a hard time when inflation is at 9.1%. And that number doesn't include food or or, uh, gas. So I still hear elitism there. So I'm... Yeah, we'll see what happens in the next ten days. But uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't take it that she was really doing a lot of inner uh, reflection. But uh, maybe I'm just in a snarky mood this morning. Well, okay. If you get a resume from Katie Turr, you'll know the outcome. That's uh, true. That true. That. So, let's see. Oh. One other thing, you had some temperatures that you wanted to share with us. I guess Susan Kochevar had sent this over to us. So what are those? Well, you know, okay, it's getting hot. And is that a big surprise? That's what happens. It's summertime. It's summertime, yes. But here's a little weather report from uh, around the country, well, the Midwest. Uh, Hang on a second. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, we, we we need to uh, oil those microphone stands, don't yes, we? Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. either that or my eyesight needs to get okay. better. I'm trying to read okay. off the screen. Uh, weather or temperatures reported in the Midwest: uh, Fayette, Iowa, 110; uh, Mondovi, Wisconsin, 110; Rochester, Minnesota, 108. Um, see, Hatfield, Wisconsin, 108; Friendship, Wisconsin, 106. I'm just jumping around here. Uh, another yeah, Med- it is. Medford, Wisconsin, 104. Now, wow. are you looking at the same list, right? Uh, well, I don't have it right here in front of me, but uh, go ahead. Well, I'm, I was going to have you share the year. I mean, are we talking about temperatures yesterday? No. We're talking about July of 1936. And again, why I, I relish this or, or revel, revel in it. Every time it gets warm like this, you know, it, the, the climate change people just go off the deep end. Oh, my gosh, look how hot it's getting. And it's like, all right, this is 80, what I say, 86 years ago, these temperatures were being recorded. So is there anything really new here? No, there isn't. But uh, the problem that we have here, Steve, is that uh, now the uh, climate activists uh, as Joe Biden is what they're going to do is they're declaring this an emergency. And when it's declared an emergency, that could give the president all kinds of powers over different decisions about America. And I mean, I'll, I guess I'll put a tin hat on here, but but you can see this playing out. First of all, you and I talked about it yesterday in our pre-call, is just the constant beating uh, by the mainstream media on all these temperatures, on, on what they are. And so people are like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is you know, it's never happened before. But it has, July 1936. It's called weather. Um, but what, what they're going to do is they're going to use this as an emergency. And do you remember what happened last time? There was an emergency around an election, and you continue to say, hey, we've got uh, this election in November coming up. People are saying there's going to be a red wave. 
uh, I don't think that we should be so confident because these radical activists that have taken over the Democrat Party have worked really, really hard to get to this spot. And they're not going to give up very easily. And so I see danger in them using these temperatures to uh, say that we have a climate emergency, which will give um, Joe Biden and the Democrats possible tremendous power over this upcoming election. Well, that's that's the astute person that you are i mean i i just look at it for the ridiculous aspect of it but you are absolutely right and matter of fact uh, president mumbles did go out yesterday on the road and he was you know saying this very thing uh also maybe he said some things he probably shouldn't have said but there's nothing new with that so yeah they're they're you know they're looking for anything they can do to try to you know, make November less impactive than it's going to be. And what what better thing than the weather? Right. Who said uh, because who said everybody complains about the weather, but nobody does anything about it? True, true. Uh, so I see um, from a policy standpoint in this next election, I see that they may be possibly, you know, getting this strategically put in place so that they can. Uh, again, affect these elections. And so I'm super concerned about it as I see these narratives. And uh, Bob Boswell had sent over to me the, you know, the, the news story that it looked like um, Joe Biden was going to issue some executive orders, which I think he did. I don't know exactly what they are yesterday regarding climate. And uh, I see this as just kind of setting things up for um, how they might mess around with these next elections, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- well, we just stay tuned because, like I said, the, the desperation coming out of that corner is it's breathtaking, and it's going to take your breath away when you see uh, some of the tactics. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, uh, so let's see. Let's uh, let's run over here. There's a piece that Mike Krause had in uh, Complete uh, Colorado, and um, it's about Jared Polis. It said, uh, J- "Excuse me, Jared Polis' charm offensive continues outside Colorado." National media continues to fall for a a Potemkin polis that is libertarian, pro-business, and anti-tax. The normally sober Wall Street Journal editorial page recently proclaimed Jared Polis bucks the climate lobby and lauded his bravery for vetoing one single bill to mandate new parking lots have electric vehicle charging stations. One can only assume that Jared's family friend and a member of Jared's corporate board of directors, economist Art Laffer, had a hand in selling this fairy tale. Laffer, beloved by us fiscal conservatives for promoting low, flat tax rates, is a Wall Street Journal favorite and Polis' greatest apologist. His uh, adulation would be a bit more believable if he first disclosed his financial entanglements with the Polis family. Those of us here in Colorado know that Polis doesn't buck the climate lobby. He is the climate lobby. Just days before his bravery and vetoing the EV charging stations and parking lots bill, he signed House Bill 1362, a complete capitulation to social engineering environmentalists. Ripping control away from local governments, it forces electrification mandates on new buildings. Whether or not a homeowner wants it, he or she must pay to wire his or her home for EV charging stations, uh, just like Polis vetoed that for parking lots. Uh, and But uh, it includes solar panels and the like. Builders predict this will add tens of thousands of dollars to the already insane prices of a Colorado home. And, he, and uh, Krauss says, way to buck the climate lobby. 
Colorado is and has basically always been out of environmental or EPA co- uh, compliance for ozone. It's one of the benefits of being at such high altitude and smoke from California forest fires floating our way. That's why every governor of Colorado signs a letter asking the EPA for a waiver and why every time they grant it. But that pillar of strength against the climate lobby, Mr. Polis, will be the first governor not to ask for that waiver. The likely result is the EPA will will require Coloradans to use a boutique mixture of fuel that will have to be created especially for us at a cost of up to a dollar more a gallon. And it says, let's speed right by Senate Bill 181, which is the strangle knot around the neck of Colorado's once thriving oil and gas industry. And let's coast right past the crazy has appointed to the powerful Energy Commission, the Public Utilities Commission, and the Air Quality Commission. And he says, let's slide right by the decision to tie Colorado to the eco whims of Gavin Newsom's California vehicle emission standards and get to the most pressing issue of our inflation ravaged time, environmental justice. Says our slayer of the climate lobby signed Senate Bill 21-1266 to redress the effects of environmental injustices on disproportionately impacted communities and created the Environmental Justice Action Task Force to figure out how to redress the inequities. And then finally, it says at the end, it says, curious when the EPA commands Colorado drivers and truckers to buy a new unique blend of gasoline for the sins of our ozone violations, where do the enviros think it will be produced? You can have a say in this revulsion. Jared's Environmental Justice Action Task Force is taking public input on their special marriage of uh, environmental alarmism and victim celebration. And then he has a link there. And uh, he says, what you submit becomes public record. So it is very important. And and, uh, I really like Art Laffer, but I think it is really important to understand that particular connection uh, because um, uh, Jared Polis is no libertarian. And I think that pretty well nails it. So we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dr. Jeff Barkey. He is one of the uh, founders of uh, America's Frontline Doctors. And you will not want to miss it. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned Remax realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. Hey there, Colorado. For over a hundred years, informed consent has been a standard in medicine. But is it still? Informed consent, simply put, means the patient should have sufficient information and all relevant facts regarding the pros and risks associated with that treatment, procedure, or experiment. If you're concerned informed consent was not honored in your last medical treatment, including vaccination, you are not alone. For support and questions regarding your situation, visit ColoradoHealthCareProvidersForFreedom.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. Try to see it my way. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And I am thrilled to have on the line with me Dr. Jeff Barkey. He is one of the original uh, founders of uh, America's Frontline Doctors. And uh, he's also a co-host of Informed Dissent, 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 I guess. And um, just thrilled to have him on the line. Dr. Barkey, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. Great to be with you. Great to have you as well. So uh, I wanted to start, share your story with our, our listeners um, as, as we went through this whole uh, China virus uh, reaction disruption. So tell us uh, your journey. Well, Kim, listen, before we do that, I, I think, don't you owe me a little bit of a shout out? You know, I am on the West Coast here in Southern California, <laughs> and, and it is and it is like five thirty in the morning here in uh, in Southern California. You, you, uh, I I was going to do that, and I thought, well, I don't know if he wants. Yes, you get a shout out for that because when you uh, agreed to do this interview, you thought it was PM. So when I confirmed yesterday and you realized it was AM, I, I started to think, how could I help you? And, and you agreed to do the interview. So you get all kinds of kudos. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, it's great to be with you, Kim. So this journey for me started uh, not not really purposefully. I didn't I didn't really start this process wanting to be some activist physician. That's not who I am. But what happened is uh, in I think it was April of 2020, my wife and I got invited out to Riverside uh, for a rally. This is when uh, the entire world was shut down, at least in the United States. I mean, everything was shut down. And the Board of Supervisors in Riverside County was going to meet to make a decision whether to open back up Riverside County. Now, for those of you that don't know, I live, I live in coastal Orange County. And Riverside is, oh, I don't know, about 60 miles inland from coastal Orange County. Now, normally in Southern California traffic, that would be, I don't know, like an hour and a half drive or something. And so when my wife first asked and said, hey, do you want to go to Riverside to to, uh, join this rally? My initial response was, oh, heck no. Why why would we want to drive to Riverside in the middle of the week? Uh, But then she reminded me of 
some of the folks that were putting on this rally, and they were dear friends of ours, people that come out to our events uh, in Orange County. And so I said, yes, dear, and off to Riverside we went. Well, when we went there, I was asked to speak. And, you know, listen, I'm not, I'm not shy to, to speak publicly. And so I got up on this little staged area in front, a couple hundred people there. And as I walked up, I said, hey, honey, take a picture. It'd be fun to send to our kids to show what we're doing. So instead of a picture, she took an iPhone video. And I spoke for maybe five minutes. And afterwards, we're standing around trying to send this video to the kids. And if you have an iPhone, you know. And if you're a little bit older and you're not super tech savvy, sometimes these things are difficult. So you hit the text message to send the video, and you get a screen that pops up that says, video too large. You do the same thing with email, video too large. Uh, So the organizer of this event, her name is Desiree, walked over, saw what we were doing. She said, oh, I know, just post it on Facebook, and your kids can see it there. And that started my story. So my my wife hits, and that five-minute video gets posted to Facebook. And shortly thereafter, I mean literally minutes, I was getting communications from around the world, media outlets, physicians, uh, and and people that had seen my video, what what was it that I said that could have been so uh, I don't know resonating with people that saw it? Well, I always carry around a, a copy of the Constitution, you know, one of those little pamphlet Declaration of Independence and Constitution. So I held that document up and I said something like, "This document was never designed to restrict we the people. It was designed to restrict the government." And it was that message that I think really resonated. And before long now, I I became this, you know, quote unquote, activist physician speaking out against lockdowns, speaking out against mandates, giving a different perspective from a scientific standpoint about what COVID is, how to treat it uh, and how how to manage all this garbage going on with the pandemic. And I connected with Dr. Simone Gold, who's the founder of America's Frontline Doctors, and together we created a a larger organization, had uh, conferences in D.C. There's some famous press conferences in front of the steps of the uh, Supreme Court, Um, and our organization really took off and and continues to grow, and it fights for medical freedom, lawyers and doctors and so forth involved, lawsuits all over the place. Uh, We've partnered with Children's Health Defense. That's uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s organization. I sit on his board in California. Uh, and I listen, I like to believe that we're actually making a difference, giving a voice to freedom loving physicians and an outlet to patients and people all over that are being forced to do things medically that they don't want to do. Well, Dr. Barkey, I think it's important to understand at that particular point in time, I mean, it took, um, we don't have all the information that we have now. And of course, a lot of that information is being suppressed. But at that time, remember mainstream media and Facebook and Twitter, there's all, was all kinds of, uh, censorship on these different messages. And so in April, I remember in April of 2020, there was a big rally here in, uh, Colorado. And so my friend and I went down to it and I had some friends that, uh, I guess I kind of thought that everybody 
understood the Constitution, understood what was happening. And I had these friends that I actually haven't heard from them since I did this. Um, um, and I knew that they were left-leaning, but we were, I mean, we've been friends for 30 years. And so I had my friend take a picture of me in front of the Capitol with all these people around. Again, lockdown, lockdown, lockdown. And I sent it to my friends saying, this is what your rebel friend is doing today crickets. I've not heard from them again. So I think people yeah. kind of forget what was happening in April of 2020 in America. Short it memories. was a, I know. it was a, it was a big deal to actually go and be with people, which was astounding to me. Yeah. You know, Kim, and it, it's funny you, you mentioned, I know you're in the Colorado area. Some of the first rallies that I attended and spoke at were out of Colorado. There's a lady maybe you know her she goes by america's mom and that's sharona bishop sure uh, out of out of colorado and uh, we followed each other early on social media i was doing a lot of facebook live events uh to broadcast my perspective i saw america's mom sharona doing the same thing we reached out to each other on social media and my wife and i went to colorado a couple three times to join her for various rallies that she was putting on uh, i mean listen you guys under uh, Governor Polis have had all kinds of problems. I think, you know, uh, I think we got you beat, actually, for the the worst governor in the country with our Governor Newsom. Uh, but I'll tell you, you're, you're not far behind uh, California with some of the craziness that you have going on as well. Well, and it's so interesting that you would bring that up because Polis has really good handlers and they're trying to paint him. It's election year, trying to paint him as a libertarian and he is anything but a libertarian. And when we saw just the onerous, we have a list of things that he did during the uh, the lockdowns and how it really hurt people. We have, I think we have 600,000 small businesses that will never come back, Dr. Barkey. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's there's uh, that's just it's just terrible. And, and the fact that uh, we would have uh, I call them PBIs, uh, politicians, bureaucrats and interested parties that thought th- that think they can come in and say that one business is essential. The little guys are uh, non-essential and the big guys are essential. Uh, it was a rather remarkable time. Uh, so it's such an interesting journey. And I'm just so excited to, to have you on the line. So America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, was on the front line, some of the first ones out there uh, from the medical community challenging what the CDC was saying. And uh, Dr. Barkey, what I'm still concerned about is there are really fine physicians that don't have their thinking caps on yet that are still taking what the CDC says as gospel. And I think more are waking up, but I'm concerned about that, Dr. Barkey. Well, I, I agree with you. And listen, you know, people always ask me, how come more physicians aren't standing up? How come they're not more courageous? And the reality is, and I've had this conversation with Dennis Prager before, who talks a lot about courage. And the reality is, doctors are no different than any other people, professionals. There's good lawyers and bad lawyers, good bus drivers and bad bus drivers. Courage is, is, is not something inherent because you're a physician or a scientist. It, it takes a special breed of person to see what's going on and to stand up and then actually speak out against it. That's a very rare thing uh, for, for people to do. And so doctors are no different than anybody else. And you're right, though. Unfortunately, the truth still isn't getting out. 
the, the government health care agencies with these unelected people are still pushing an ineffective, non-sterilizing, and in many cases what I think is a harmful vaccine, these COVID-19 vaccines. I don't you mean, listen, you can't even call it a vaccine. It's not really a vaccine. We can talk more about that. They, they don't push early treatment. You've never heard Anthony Fauci or anybody else talk about the importance of vitamin D, direct correlation between poor outcome and cope with COVID and low vitamin D level. You've never heard any of the unelected healthcare bureaucrats talk about the sequence multi-drug treatment protocols that are out there and unbelievably effective. Uh, and even if you remove the so-called controversial drugs, the ivermectin or the hydroxychloroquine, even if those didn't exist, we still have wonderful treatment protocols that start with just simply a nose-throat um, uh, antiviral rinse protocol with dilute hydrogen peroxide or providone iodine, which is betadine. If you did nothing but that, you could reduce the symptoms and duration of treatment. Then you add on to that some of our repurposed medications, not the controversial ones, but things like inhaled asthma steroids like budesonide, fluoxamine, an older generation uh, antidepressant uh, medication that works wonderfully well, especially for neurologic symptoms, using uh, anti-blood clot medicine, like something as simple as aspirin. The protocols are out there, and they work if we can treat you early. But unfortunately, the standard of care still is go get vaccinated and triple boosted. Stay at home if you feel sick. When you're ready to die, show up at the emergency department. Then we'll expedite your death by giving you an ineffective, toxic, and dangerous medicine known as remdesivir. We've gone about it all wrong. I published an article about this. It's called Follow the COVID Money. You can, you can find it on my website, rx4liberty, rx4forliberty.com. Um, or it's on published on American Thinker. If you just Google my name, Barky. Be like boy, A-R-K-E, uh, American thinker. It's there, too. And the, and the message is follow the money. There's so much money that's being made with this COVID uh, shenanigans uh, that everybody seems to be conflicted from the pharmaceutical lobby in Washington, D.C., that it is the, by and far the largest lobby. Oil and gas, they spend four times as much pharmaceutical company than oil and gas uh, a whole ho whole heck of a lot more than even the teachers unions and education. So the politicians don't want to speak up because their gravy train of uh, of uh, campaign contributions will go away. The pharmaceutical companies, there's been nine new billionaires made in the vaccine industry as a result of COVID. Uh, pharmacies are getting rich because they get all these vaccines for free unlike all the other vaccines that they have to pay for, then they distribute them and make tons of money. Paxlovid, the new uh, anti-COVID medication made by who? Pfizer, they get for free. So all the way down the line, whether it's the politicians, whether it's the pharmaceutical vaccine companies, whether it's the pharmacies or even healthcare institutions, they're all getting fed off the American taxpayer and they want that gravy train to keep going. And how are they going to keep it going? By coming after our children. Now the FDA has approved vaccines all the way down to six months old and the CDC followed suit and said, yep, 
we think that's a really good idea to vaccinate six months old against an illness that they're not at risk using a non-sterilizing vaccine that causes more harm than good in young people. That's what's going on, and the American people need to wake up to this uh, craziness and this conflict of interest that's all the way down the health care line. Wow, Dr. Barkey, we, we're going to go to break. I'm talking with Dr. Jeff Barkey, and uh, you can find him at RX for Liberty. RX for Liberty. Uh, before we go to break, I want to mention that Roots Medical, which is a sponsor of the show, uh, is is um, I think right in line with uh, Dr. Barkey. You can find them at RootsMedical.net, and they're very involved with Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom as well. Uh, Matt Dark and and Dr. Rachel Corbett and and uh, all of them over there. Uh, before we do that, though, the nonprofit that I have adopted. It is the Marine uh, USMC Memorial Foundation. It is um, raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And uh, you can help them by uh, donating at usmcmemorialfoundation.org. That's usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back with Dr. Jeff Barkey. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Uh, thrilled to have on the line with me Dr. Jeff Barkey. He is one of the founders of America's Frontline Doctors. You can find him at RX for Liberty, and for is uh, spelled out. And he gets all kinds of kudos because he is on the West Coast, and it is um, very early there. So, Dr. Barkey, it's so great to have this conversation. Conversation, and I thank you for that. Uh, question, you referred to this a couple of different times regarding the COVID jab. Uh, non-sterilizing, what, what does that mean exactly? Well, it, you know, it's, it's a great question, and there's a lot of confusion. First of all, it's not a vaccine, so let's, we should stop calling it that because it isn't actually a vaccine. If you think about a traditional vaccine, let's talk about like the flu shot that, that people somehow still get every single year. What, what is the flu shot? 
they take a, a killed flu virus and different strains of it. Usually there's three or sometimes four strains of different flu viruses in the shot. They inject it into your body and your body sees the killed virus, the entire virus, not a little tiny piece of it, not, not just its smiling face, but the entire virus. There's literally hundreds, maybe thousands of areas of that virus that your body's immune system reacts to and then makes antibodies against that virus. As it relates to COVID, that's not what happens. They don't even take part of the virus, although Novavax, and we can talk about that, is a little different. But what they do is they take a strain of, uh, of information like, a, uh, like an IKEA instruction form called messenger RNA, and they inject the instruction manual into your body. And the instruction manual specifically forces your body's DNA uh, in every cell to produce a part of the spike protein. The spike protein of the COVID virus is the most toxic part of the virus that causes your body to react, inflammation, and so forth. So it's not, your body isn't seeing the entire virus. It's only seeing the spike protein that your body is forced to make. And by the way, that spike protein is also the part of the virus that is most susceptible to mutation. Uh, it's the outer facing part. It's the part of the virus that it uses to attach. And the virus just mutates that, uh, the genetics of that spike quickly. So what this actually is, the, the COVID so-called vaccine, it's a genetic biologic therapeutic. And when I say non-sterilizing, meaning it doesn't kill anything, it doesn't kill the virus. All it does is stimulates your body to produce a very, very narrow um, uh, antibody only to the spike protein. So if the spike protein changes itself, then that antibody that you just created is useless, worse than useless. It can actually cause the rest of your immune system to stand down. It's like sending in the Marines and the rest of the Army and the Navy and, and, the, um, uh, and, and the military says, hey, no, no, Marines are super competent. They got that. We're going to stay in the barracks and sip coffee. Uh, and listen to music because the Marines got this. The problem is the spike protein antibodies that your body has been forced to make don't got this because the virus has mutated and it's no longer, those antibodies are no longer effective. But meanwhile, the rest of your immune system is just chilling and not reacting. That's why people with uh, that have been double and triple jabbed and boosted tend to have a higher viral load in their body when they do get sick. Some of the sickest people I'm seeing are people that have been vaccinated and boosted. And those that are unvaccinated, they can mount a full antigenic um, immune response if and when they get sick. The key, though, of course, if you're whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, if you do get COVID, and we, we're seeing this a lot, is you need to get early treatment. Don't sit around and wait wondering, God, I wonder if I have COVID, I hope it doesn't get bad. And you wait until you got a bad cough, a high fever, and you can't breathe, and then you run and get help. By then we're fighting an uphill battle and it's more difficult. So what to do, by the way, if you do come down with COVID? The very first thing is be prepared before you even have COVID. Get some antiviral medication from a local doctor. Yes, I still use ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. They're very effective, especially if used early. Um, so find a doctor that will prescribe that. It's usually a mom-and-pop pharmacy or a compounding pharmacy. Google near you or DuckDuckGo, compounding pharmacy near me. 
call uh, several of them and ask the pharmacist, um, are you one of those pharmacies that are dispensing ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for COVID? And if they say, oh, yeah, 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 we'll do that, then ask them for the name and phone number of the doctors that are calling into that pharmacy and prescribing those products. Now you have a doctor that you can rely on and get those products, get a lineup of treatment before you actually need it, because it's scary if you have COVID and you're not feeling well and you don't know who to turn to for treatment. But the easiest thing you can do without a prescription is create a virucidal, virus-killing uh, a solution that you can use. And here's the recipe. Six ounces of water. Ideally, it's, it's sterile water, like distilled water, but it could be tap water. A splash of hydrogen peroxide into a nose or sinus squirt bottle. You snort it up your nose. You spit it out your mouth. You do that every few hours. And if it burns, just dilute it more. It shouldn't really burn. It might be a little uncomfortable, but it shouldn't burn. And that dilute hydrogen peroxide will kill the virus in the back of your nose and throat. If you did nothing but that, you can reduce the duration and symptoms of the illness and and help it from escalating. And by the way, you can use this protocol. If you're out and about at a so-called super spreader event and there's people sick around you and you're really worried, come home and even before you have symptoms, use that protocol to rinse the back of your nose and throat. Um, and that will help. Make sure your vitamin D level is uh, is is at least half half of normal. I usually recommend somewhere between 60 and 80. It's very cheap to check vitamin D. It's very cheap to take a vitamin D supplement. Don't do any of this without consulting your doctor. But these are pretty easy steps that you can take to be prepared. Get a kit at home with. Um, COVID medications, uh, be prepared with a nose, throat, rinse, check and boost your vitamin D level. And just those simple things that nobody, uh, none of the healthcare bureaucrats are talking about, and they really should be talking about, could save lives if, if you follow it. But uh, guys, that doesn't make much money for the pharmaceutical companies. Dr. Barkey. <laughs> We're out of time, basically, uh, and I have so many more questions, so we'll love to, to schedule something, but maybe we'll do a pre-record so you don't have to get up and uh, be on the air at 5.30 your time. <laughs> I, I so greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've got about 30 seconds. Final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners. Yes, please don't be scared and be prepared. This is a very easy illness to treat if you come down with covid Push yourself a little bit more to speak out, to do something that makes you a little uncomfortable. If you can't be an activist, then please support activists uh, that are on the front lines. You can follow me, rxforliberty.com. I have a book out, COVID-19, The Exaggerated Fear of the Coronavirus. Amazon, uh, all the places books are usually sold. That's one way you can help support me. And uh, I look forward to coming back on your show, Kim. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Dr. Jeff Barkey, and uh, greatly appreciate it. Our quote for the end of the show is from Leo Tolstoy. He says, each person's task in life is to become an increasingly better person. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.
It's the Kim Monson Show, analyzing the most important stories. I find that it takes work to get your brain around these ideas, and it takes work to engage in these conversations. The latest in politics and world affairs. With what is happening down at the State House, I used to think that it was above my pay grade to read the legislation, and it's not. Today's current opinions and ideas. I see big danger in as much as we will be giving an unelected bureaucratic the power to make rules about what we inject into our body. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. My name's Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Uh, sign up for our weekly newsletter there and you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. And it's never compassionate to take other people's uh, stuff, whether or not it's their rights, property, freedom, livelihood, opportunity, or their lives via force. And force uh, comes in a lot of different packages. It could be a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum's Davos Globalist Elites Agenda. Uh, Let's see. Let's uh, very quickly go to a quote for today. It's from Leo Tolstoy. He uh, was a Russian writer who is regarded as one of the greatest authors of all time. He received nominations for the Nobel Prize in Literature every year from 1902 to 1906 and for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1901, 1902, 1909. Uh, the fact that he never won is still a major controversy. As, as if we don't have enough controversies out there. But he was born in 1828. He died in 1910. And he said this. He says, wrong does not cease to be wrong because the majority share in it. <laughs> Boy, you pulled that one. Uh, you, you sent that over. That's a, a very important one. Again, wrong does not cease to be wrong because the majority share in it. You remember Steve? when you were growing up and you got caught doing something and you said, well, so-and-so. And, said, and the response was, well, if so-and-so jumped off a bridge, would you? Exactly. Exactly. So, hey, I got a couple of headlines I want to go through. But uh, in hour one, you had read some different temperatures uh, for the Midwest. And they were in the 100s. It was in Iowa and uh, Wisconsin. And then you shared that that was um, 1936. So Bob in uh, Michigan, who listens via either the Internet or the app, said, then remember the Dust Bowl of 1937. And as many of you know, I'm uh, I'm from Western Kansas. I was talking to uh, my brother yesterday, and he said that he does not remember it being so dry. And then we're seeing again public policy uh, of what they're requiring uh, farmers to do is setting up the possibility that we could have dust storms again like back in 1937 because of bad public policy. And, of course, then we do have weather as well. And uh, so I, I really don't want this to happen to be deja vu all over again. But bad public policy may be moving us towards that, Steve. Uh, it's just, I don't know, your, your imagination, your it just stymies your imagination that something like this could, you know, happen again. You know, with with what we you know did we not learn the first time? But uh, I, I appreciate Susan for sending that uh, weather report of sorts with all those temperatures from the Midwest because it's fun to read them and see that yeah they're all 100 plus degrees, and it could have been yesterday. In this case, it was 1936. So 
you know, for this people who are banging the drum about climate change, it's like, I, I just don't know. You need to have a much bigger view. Uh, but what you what you see uh, another deja vu all over again is uh, do you remember who was in yeah do you remember who was in the White House at that time producer Steve thirty <laughs> six oh, okay I'm gonna well wait, wait a minute uh, it had to be Roosevelt no is that yeah it was FDR exactly okay it was FDR so there was the again and I can't call him a, a progressive president we'll call him a collectivist president uh, pushing forward socialist policies uh, bigger and bigger government. And uh, so in a way, that's deja vu all over again as well with what we see is going through the Biden administration and these bad public policies, because our American farmers, our American uh, farmers and ranchers, they love the land. They want to take care of the land. And we I mean, there's been this um, program called CRP for many, many years where the government would would pay farmers to not farm their land, if you can believe that. And you're putting land into CRP and not farm it. Well, if, if we really are serious about world hunger, and if these Davos elites, uh, you know, they refer to people as useless eaters, so that's the real problem there. If, 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 if people look at other people like our founders did as individuals that are created in the image of God, so we're all created equal, then you're going to want to put forward policies that help people thrive and flourish, such as um, how about affordable, abundant, efficient, and uh, uh, reliable energy. That would be one of those things. But instead, we're seeing these people that are putting in policies that are a recipe for disaster. And uh, so anyway, Bob, thank you for, for uh, texting that over. That was the created the Dust Bowl 1937. FDR was president. Uh, it was bad public policy. Where are we at on time here, Steve? A uh, couple of things. The first one, uh, let's, uh, let's go to this uh, article regarding Colorado's economic forecast doesn't bode well for consumers or Democrats. Says the folks at CU Boulder's lead school of business put on their rose-colored glasses before delivering its mid-year economic update to announce that 30,000 more jobs than anticipated were created by employers this last year. And says, then the glasses came off for Brian Lewandowski before delivering the rest of the school's report on the state of the state's economy. Says, in many ways, the economy is a tale of contradictions. Lewandowski noted that business filings through the Colorado Secretary of State's office are up this year, but so are dissolutions. Output growth, a standard measure of gross uh, domestic product, is outpacing national levels, which that probably is not too hard to do. Yet it concerns about inflation and federal monetary policies are soaring. He says, I think that businesses are being very cautious in their outlook. He said, there are so many job openings and so few workers that even if they are worried about the future or they're worried about current conditions, employers are latching onto those workers. So in other words, it's not much help to be temporarily cut uh, fees to open a business if there's no employees or workforce to staff it. Uh, so that could be a difficult thing for for uh, Polis as he is uh, going into uh this is a re-election campaign. So that may be why he's going to be pandering to, to voters and sending out those, um, what is he calling it, the Colorado cash back program or whatever, when actually it's our money that's just getting returned to us. But, of course, I'm pretty sure that many of these different uh, governmental agencies and bureaucracies had their fingers in the pot as the money went by, Producer Steve. Well, uh, to your what you just said to a guy who's now appearing or at least his handlers are wanting to make him appear as such a centrist how does he uh how does he cover for for information or store or news like this uh 
Well, I stay tuned. We'll have to find out what he has to say about it. Maybe what you'll see is those checks will become even bigger before uh, we get to election time, right? Does he have the audacity, though, to put his signature on those checks? I... I think if he could, he would. I, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure that he can actually sign those checks. But if not, would you not? I, I, I bet that there will be some kind of an insert uh, in there, and it'll have his uh, signature on that, which that, that seems like that would be a campaign violation. But anyway, I know that we're just, it's all conjecture on our part. But uh, many times, Steve, the things that we say on this show, uh, they do come true. And the other thing that's interesting is many times the things that we say on the show, you'll then like text me and say, hey, I just heard what we were talking about on national news. So many times you hear it first here. Well, that is true with the, the mom whose uh, daughter was, you know, thought she was going to art class after school and it turned out to be something totally different. Yes. Yeah, we, that's we heard we, we had her first. And then next thing you know, she's uh, on Glenn Beck. So, hey, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think she was on the Daily Wire and on uh, international news as well. So I, I want to talk to Charlene Carter, but that is just such an excellent segue. I can't go past this headline without mentioning this. And this is from Breitbart. And it says that uh, the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, is promoting to youth an online chat space that discusses sex, polyamorous relationships, the occult, sex change operations and activism and is specifically designed to be quickly hidden while being used. It also mixes LGBT adults and children and is run in part by Planned Parenthood. It's called Q chat space and the platform is advertised on the CDC's LGBT health youth resources page. And it says the chat service, which describes itself as a community for LGBTQ plus teens, is available for those uh, ages 13 to 19. And how do you tell, Steve? How do you know? Okay, it can be hidden from parents and focuses on a number of mature themes. It says QChat hosts conversations on a number of topics, including drag culture 101, sex and relationships, having multiple genders, intended for bi uh, pan youth, and uh, it says. Um, one chat celebrates our Paul's drag race, while another is called queer youth activism and is intended for youth of color. Uh, so just uh, wanted to make a point. That's your tax dollars at work. That may be why uh, the founders thought that uh, government should be limited and uh, not be living off of uh, and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and living off of our tax dollars. So we're going to go to break. Oh, you want to comment? I can tell. Well, just three words. Lord, help us. Yeah. That is, uh, those are the words, Lord help us, Uh, Lord help us for sure. So we're going to go to break. A remarkable story that we're going to share with you, a friend of mine, Charlene Carter. Uh, And and this, again, when uh, we were talking with Dr. Jeff Barkey about courage, um, Charlene Carter had courage. And it's been a journey, but uh, she actually um, received a, a, a a decision against uh, the union, and it's a it's a big deal. So when we come back, we'll be talking with Charlene Carter. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and 
national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N, dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. And uh, speaking of force, uh, these unions are all about force. And uh, my friend Charlene Carter's on the line. Charlene, welcome to the show. Hi, Kim. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Well, and um, you and I became friends in, uh, I guess, 2017, January of 2017, correct? Correct. Well, actually, I think we were friends before then, but yes. Well, I <laughs> guess we, I, yeah, I guess we spent time. So you and I were both at the inauguration for Donald Trump. And um, we, uh, we saw on the air, I, I remember seeing on um, the uh, airline, it seemed like that there was uh, all these other women that were going to Washington, D.C. as well. And it was just kind of a, a, a remarkable time in America. But uh, so we got to know each other. We spent time. I I couldn't believe when we were at that inauguration standing out there, all the people from all over the country that had come for that inauguration. And what a stark contrast that was to Joe Biden's inauguration, where there was nobody there. Uh, I mean, just uh, what a stark contrast. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, but after that, um, and I was aware of your journey. Uh, you had some real courage to stand up against your union. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you and, and, and how this whole thing transpired. Okay, well, kind of go back. Um, I was a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines for a ride at 21 years. Um, never had been, uh, you know, issued any discipline um, in the 21 years that I was there. Loved my company, loved my job. Um, didn't love the union so much, um, really learned about what they were, you know, using our dues money to do. And back in 2013, now, I ended qu- up question. Being, yeah. Question there. Were, did you have to be a member of the union to work there? Yes, I do. We are a closed shop and under the Railway Labor Act, you have to become a union member or you can become what they call a fee objector which um, I had no idea of until 2013, and that's what I ended up becoming was a fee objector. The problem is, though, is that you still have to pay dues. Um, The only thing that they do is quarterly they send you from international what they don't use, supposedly, for political purposes. So every quarter I would get a $27 and plus change, um, you know, money back. Um, but when you become an objector, you don't get to go to union meetings. You don't go, you can't vote for the contract, um, when there's a new TA. Um, and so, you know, it, but you still have your voice within your local because they're still spending and and collecting dues money from me. 
How how much are the dues? Can you share that? What that amount is? Yeah, um, that when I left, I believe they were at fifty eight dollars um, um, a month, you know, uh, and that was collected out of our paychecks. And then there was also another fee. I think it was like a, I think it was like a five dollar extra fee every month for um, negotiations. So, um, you know, it's a pretty good amount. You think about 21 years of paying, you know, dues to a union who I never used because, you know, I just did my job and I didn't have any issues. Um, But my union president, um, due to union business, turned me in back in uh, February of 2017. Okay, so what happened uh, regarding that? Uh, Okay, so um, after President Trump's inauguration, there was a bunch of women that went in for the Women's March. And the Women's March was, you know, uh, many sponsors there, but the main sponsor was Planned Parenthood. And we all know what Planned Parenthood is all about. I mean, they say that they're women's health, but it's not. It's really an abortion, you know, um, industry. So what happened was our union, the president and around 20 women, decided to go to this march and our dues and when was when was that that was i mean that was just shortly after uh trump took office wasn't it yeah well it was it was right after the inauguration so i believe the the inauguration was what on thursday or friday and then on saturday all these women came in and they had that march that's right okay that's right and so a lot of them were on the a flight out when when I flew out to Washington D.C. and um, yeah. w- and you know what I remember Charlene when um, I was getting my luggage at the airport and there were all these women and and I remember them pulling off like boxes of stuff and I'm like gosh this is interesting I wonder what's happening uh, and then I'm like oh this would this was probably t-shirts and hats and and yep. you know all that kind of stuff so this was really well organized. Oh, it was very well organized. And what's interesting is that it was very well organized through my union. Um, uh, when you look back at the minutes of their board member meeting, they were planning all of this. And so, and they were going to what they call a women's committee meeting, which was the very first women's committee meeting, supposedly through um, Transport Workers Union and the AFL-CIO. Well, And so it brought in other unions under, you know, that umbrella. Well, the the thing is, is the whole reason that they had that women's committee meeting was to march for that, you know, the the women's march. And so um, and and not only this, but the our union actually uh, made a banner that related to Southwest Airlines. So they said, you know, the union of. Southwest Airlines flight attendants on the banner. So not only did they say they were representing all of us at this march, which we had no idea that they were going, um, but then also Southwest Airlines was named on this banner, which I thought very odd. So um, what happened was I complained after I found out about all of this, and I, I sent just private messages on Facebook um, through Messenger, like it's it's like an email, 
to my union president of my dislike for, you know, taking our money and spending it for this because we paid for all of their lodging, their food, their transportation. And I do believe we probably paid for all of the yarn that knitted those pink, you know, um, the pea hats is what I like to Mm -hmm. call them now, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, they were there representing us as women. And as far as I'm concerned, that is not a very uh, tasteful way to represent women. Um, And most of us at Southwest Airlines, the, the women, when we finally found out what they had done, were very, very upset with them. I mean, if you want to be treated professionally, you need to you need to do things professionally, and this was not professional. So um, anyway, make a long story short, she turned me in for bullying and harassing her. Now this is my union president. I pay her. She's supposed to protect my job, and but instead she got me fired. And what the company did was, um, and, and they're not supposed to get involved in union business. This didn't happen at work. It had nothing to do with Southwest Airlines, but they decided that because uh, she was she was saying that I was bullying and harassing her and you name it, and that Southwest Airlines needed to protect her. I'm not sure what they were trying to protect her from, um, but anyway, they got in. You know, they called me in for a fact finding meeting, and um, within seven days, I was fired. Were you surprised? Yes, I was very surprised, um, especially when Southwest Airlines was just claiming she was just another employee when, in fact, she was my union president and acting in her official capacity. Um, this this type of stuff had never happened in the past until um, Audrey Stone had taken over. Um, the you know she was the president of the union at that time, and we were seeing a lot of uptick on people that didn't agree with them and what they were doing being turned in. And so what the company was doing is they were using the social media policy to go after people. But what they did, so for me, I don't think they could have just fired me over, you know, union business because under the Railway Labor Act, they're supposed to stay out of union business. Um, And again, this didn't happen at work. This had nothing to do with being on the airplane. This was out of work into, you know, the president. So um, what they ended up doing is I also posted my pro-life views on my personal Facebook page. And that's how they got me. They went back and they searched and they found these videos of babies that had been aborted. Now, I never reference Southwest Airlines nor the union in these posts, and I've always been pro-life on my page. Well, when she turned me in, what they did is they went back and they looked to see if there was a nexus to me and Southwest Airlines. So they went back into my pictures and they started looking through all of my pictures, and lo and behold, you know, three, four years passed, um, they could see, you know, I had pictures of my husband in my uniform. I had pictures of friends that were flying at Southwest and other things that were on my page. And they told me that because of that nexus, that my videos could um, be disparaging to Southwest Airlines image. So they got me wow. under what they call the social media policy. Yes. Um, but I- and now, go ahead. 
Well, I thought that uh, that your the original accusation was uh, that you were uh, bullying Audrey Stone, right? That was the initial accusation. So here yeah. you're in a whole whole different realm. Yes. Well, they 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 told me. Well, I got fired for both. So I got fired for union business, and then I got fired for my personal beliefs on my personal Facebook page. And um, just just what a week ago, um, well, it'll be a week ago on this Friday. Um, no, actually Thursday. The jury in the Northern District um, of Texas uh, awarded me a seven panel jury awarded me every charge that we had against the union and the company. Um, they violated my Title VII religious beliefs. And they also violated the Railway Labor Act, um, the freedom of speech that we have when we when it comes to our union. Um, and then there was a retaliation part of it as well. Wow. So, and um, yeah, this this has been national news. In fact, uh, uh, another uh, former flight attendant, when she saw the, the settlement, had texted me. And then you had texted me. And I remember, Charlene, when you were fired, uh, you and I were in communication and... You know, you were in disbelief, and I was as well. But let's go to break. I'm talking with Charlene Carter and uh, everyday people standing up and having courage. It's difficult. It's taken five years to get to this particular point. But I'm going to ask her if she thinks that that it's all worth it. Uh, And uh, so we're going to go to break. We'll be right back with Charlene Carter. Uh, But before we do that, uh, um, the nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And the reason is, is because of courage of men and women who have given their lives or have been willing to give their lives so that we can live in freedom. We've got to step forward and protect these freedoms as well. But that's why Paula Sarl, she is a Vietnam era uh, Marine veteran. She's a gold star wife. She and her team are working to raise the money to remodel the uh, Marine Memorial out there. And my friends, just a little bit, go to the USMC memorialfoundation.org and donate. You can actually buy a brick to honor your military service or your your loved one's military service. But uh, it's just a little something that we can do to say that we love America and that we want to protect it and we want to honor people that have done that. So that's USMC Memorial Foundation.org. We'll be right back with Charlene Carter. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. 
With the right training from Franktown Firearms, anyone can improve. The professionals at Franktown meet you at your current level of experience, gauging your level of confidence so that they know what kind of training to recommend to you. After you purchase your firearm, regardless of the level you're at, Franktown will encourage you to train. They maintain a comfortable atmosphere, encouraging improvement from any level with one-on-one training and private training up to advanced training and classes. They even offer a concealed carry certification class. Franktown actively avoids the corporate model as a family-owned, operated, and family-friendly environment. They give everyone the time of day, meaning that they emphasize the importance of training in a comfortable and inclusive environment. Franktown Firearms wants you to be as invested in improving your skills as they are in their training with you. Sign up for a course today at klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. You threw me for a loop with that uh, bumper music there, producer Steve, but uh, I do love those those uh, big Western musicals. I, I love all that stuff. So. Well, sorry about that. Not a not a problem. Not a problem. Uh, on the line with me is Charlene Carter, and she is a former Southwest flight attendant, and she was fired uh, because of her um, her pro life views, basically. Uh, and she, I guess, she had challenged uh, the union leadership regarding the way they were spending using uh, uh, flight attendants' uh, dues money uh, in uh, particular political uh, events. So, Charlene Carter. I'm trying to think back on my flight out to Washington, D.C., on when we flew back for the inauguration. And again, I remember all these women and I didn't quite understand what was happening, but they were flying out for the Women's March. And uh, it was very well organized. But it also seems to me like when I was on the flight, either going or coming back, that, you know, pink was the color of that march. And it seemed to me like uh, I remember on the airplane, they actually turned the lighting to pink. Did that, do you recall anything like that? Yes. Um, As a matter of fact, that was um, brought up um, regarding, you know, in my fact-finding meeting that, these women actually had the pink lighting. Um, it's, it's mood lighting that we have on the 737, the new ones that we have. But uh, the ones that were going to the march, they decided that, you know, either with the crew or they themselves were going to turn these lights pink. Um, and it's unfortunate because there were some, you know, there's quite a few other people on there that didn't agree with what they were doing. Um, but Southwest Airlines, you know, they... They didn't go after any of those women that turned those lights pink for this march. Um, it it kind of looked bad for Southwest Airlines, uh, to be quite honest with you. But um, but the thing is, too, is that they had their name, you know, in the march with our union on the banner. Yes. And the banner was very big. So, you know, I don't know how they could say that it was disparaging for me to be pro-life on my Facebook page when they and themselves you know, uh, were, were basically sponsored, you know, on, on this, you know, banner, um, in the March. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I, it, it's very unfortunate for, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to plug this in for you guys because it was a five year long journey. 
um, and it's still not over. Um, I'm sure they're going to try and appeal up to the Fifth Circuit, and we'll see how that goes. But um, the National Right to Work Legal Foundation took my case, and I'm going to tell you right now, um, I've never seen anybody work more tirelessly uh, for people's rights um, like they do. And they, they actually specifically you know, uh, go after, not really go after, but protect people that are forced into unions that they don't agree with. You know, um, my, my money had been spent for so many things, and they even talk about it, um, and the case is a lot bigger than just this. But they talk about how funny it was that all my union dues over the years were paying for things that I didn't like. Yeah, so they, and they thought it was funny. Uh, what the union thought it was funny, or yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yeah, the oh. union. They, yeah, they, if she only knew what her union dues were paying for all these years, um, oh. her head would spin. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, you know, I talk about freedom versus force, force all the time. And if people want to be a member of a union, hey, I think they should, you know, have that freedom to do that. But many times, uh, it, if people are not forced to pay those union dues, they won't. And so clearly, it's not a great idea because they have to use force to make this happen. Now, it's uh, it's been a five year journey, and I, I want to let everybody know Charlene is gonna, her a schedule has allowed that she is actually going to stay on through the call in time today. If you uh, want to make any comments or talk with her, and that number is three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred three zero three four seven seven fifty six hundred, and we'll get to that at about um, uh, well in the fourth uh, the fourth segment here. So first of all, I do remember. I got this, I think it was an incredulous text. She goes, they just fired me. And I, I was, I was shocked. And, and so it was very scary. I mean, you've lost your job now. You've loved this job. You'd never had a blemish on your record whatsoever. And you're fired. It was really scary at that time. Wasn't it, Charlene? Yes, it was. I mean, you know, that's my, that's my way of, it's my livelihood. It's my career. It's, you know, I'd been there 21 years going into my 21st year, um, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, when you get your career taken away from you in a, in a blink of an eye like I did, um, it, it was devastating. And the last five years has been a roller coaster ride to get to this, you know, this point to finally, you know, have my day in court and um, expose what was going on. And I'm so thankful for, like I said, the National Right to Work Foundation, Legal Foundation. Um, I couldn't have done this. I couldn't have done this on my own. Um, they, and like I said, they have worked tirelessly to, to get me to this point, and they will continue. Um, you know, and, and like I said, we, we had a seven-panel jury, um, and they decided that, yeah, that that Southwest and the union violated all of my rights. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a journey, but I'm going to tell you, God took me through all of this and I cannot say that I won this on my own, you know, at all. He literally was in that courtroom every day and he has guided me through every step um, and it, and it's, and it's a good win, but it's not just a good win for me. This is a good win for workers across the country. 
because you should not be fired for your beliefs. You yes, should it's not a, be fired for your beliefs. It, it, it's uh, it's really historical, and, and I take great hope, uh, of course, your story and then the Supreme Court uh, with this, this decision regarding West Virginia and the EPA to start to rein in these unaccountable, unelected people that have tremendous power over our lives. Uh, Charlene Carter, I was talking to someone the other day, and uh, of course, 2017, this was pre, uh, pre-China virus, pre-COVID, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the reaction of, of these PBIs, I call them politicians, bureaucrats, interested parties, so you can throw unions in there for sure. But these terrible oh, yeah. policies uh, are really putting, I think, um, our, our airline industry at risk. In fact, I talked to someone that said that they're concerned as we're coming into the election. I mean, I think there's going to be something that could happen. But if they shut things down again... I mean, this is going to put airlines at risk. And so let's connect this dot. Uh, some of them will go out of business. And so some of these um, powerful union people with these airlines may be without a job because and, and connecting the dot because they are supporting uh, these PBIs that are putting in very bad policies that are going to affect the, just the people that they're supposed to to um, be representing. And so I'm concerned that airline travel may once again um, be shut down. And if that happens, again, connecting that dot, these are the people that the unions have supported. So I, I think it's important that people understand that, Charlene. That is correct. They do. All of the money that they collect through our dues is usually spent to, for, for these types of politicians and, you know, in their agenda. Um, and it's, it is instead of it instead of helping the workers, it's actually harming the workers. Um, and we're and what's really funny is we're actually told who to vote for. <laughs> you know, really? they'll send out it's voting time. Oh yes, they'll send out. You know, um, you know, you should vote for Hillary or you should vote. You know, like let's say Paulus here in um, you know Denver. Uh, I'm just I'm just sick of you know, them supporting the people that actually harm workers. I I don't understand this whole, you know, using our money to harm us. It doesn't make any sense. But yet, and the airline right now is, is suffering a lot. I mean, you can see that with every airline out there. When the coronavirus took over, you know, when they shut everything down, a lot of people were given an early out. And so... Now you've got airlines running. They've they've still got their schedules. I know that Southwest Airlines was still trying to run on a more, you know, heavily schedule, you know, when they didn't have the the employees to do it. And they're they're actually harming the other employees, working them to death um, because they don't have enough people. So, and we're going to come to a point now, and I don't know if you've seen this, but pilots, there is going to be, we already had an issue of not having enough people going in and being pilots. Now you're seeing it really, really bad because a lot of these people decided to retire after the whole coronavirus. They took an early out and they brought the schedules back and they didn't compensate for not having those pilots or those flight attendants. Um, and now you're seeing them struggle 
you know, every day. I mean, they're delayed or they're canceling flights or, you know. So, yeah, it's kind of it's scary to watch. And both my husband and I are in the industry. So, you know, it's 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 really scary to watch all of it. I mean, we were rocking before the coronavirus. The, the economy was, airlines were, I, I just, and, and honestly, we should have never shut down our country and we should never allow it to happen again. Um, th- these people do not have the right to shut our country down and our businesses down. Well, I, 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 it's going to be interesting to see what's happening here, but I think more and more people uh, are waking up to this um, really tyrannical uh, reaction. Uh, and the positive thing with the whole China virus thing, I think, Charlene, is it has uh, really lifted the veil on all the stuff that had been percolating underneath. And, and you really had lifted the veil on what had been happening with these um, uh, flight attendant unions. And so I think that's so important. Now, you've agreed to stay on uh, through our call-in time. So if people have a, a question for Charlene, just want to say congratulations. Thank you for your courage. And uh, thank you to the good Lord for bringing you through this as well. Uh, we're going to do that. Give us a call, 303-477-5600. That's 303-477-5600. We'll be right back with your call-ins and Charlene Carter on the line. In a healthcare setting, informed consent provides that you, the patient, will have a say in your healthcare plan. This collaboration between you and your healthcare provider applies to most medical procedures, including vaccination. Informed consent is a legal and ethical obligation of your healthcare provider and should include the benefits, risks, and alternatives regarding the proposed treatment. Informed consent is not just your signature, it could be your life. This message is sponsored by Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom.com. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. Uh, we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. On the line with me is uh, Charlene Carter. Uh, she stood up against uh, the union. She stood up against force. And she received... Uh, has been awarded a uh, over $5 million settlement. And uh, Charlene Carter, you said that the, the seven jury 
um, seven panel jury uh, actually awarded you uh, on each of the the different counts. Correct? Is that the right way to, to refer to that? Yeah, that that is correct. Um, against the company, against Southwest and the union, um, it was across the board. Yes. Okay. Um, Congratulations. Part it was um, my Title Seven, and then the um, Railway Labor Act, the RLA. Yeah, they. It, it was pretty incredible um, to hear the verdict because um, it's been a long fight. Like I said, it's been five years, a little over five years actually. So, wow. um, you know, and I, I give all the glory to God for this, but also I have, like I said, I have had an amazing team of people from the National Right to Work Foundation that just worked tirelessly for me and have done so much um, to fight this because there's no way I could have done it on my own. Well, and I think the important thing is when people ask me what we do, I say, well, we pray and we work. So, yes, God shows up, but he expects us to be doing things as well, and that's what you did. Now, we have Johnny in Denver on the line. Johnny uh, from Denver, what's uh, on your radar? Okay. I'm thinking, I want to talk to you. I guess I'm I'm thinking, like, uh, if a lot of people take the stance that she she took and hit them in the pocket, this may um, shake their woke attitude um, with with this... uh, using your money because the government did that they just said we're going to force you to pay for abortion federally we're going to force you to think this way uh, and we're going to take your money to make you do this and then you say no i don't agree with that oh then we're going to fire you so i think uh, um, i'm thinking like if a lot of us just start suing them because of these these wrongful acts of, of these government, and not just be a mouse, keep our head down, and and pretend like okay, let's go, let's get along to go along. Well, I think uh, I think uh, Johnny, that's how we got into this difficult situation we're in. But uh, Charlene, what's your comments to Johnny in Denver? I agree with you. Um, I think more and more people, and we need to band together um, and and stop this craziness. You know, I hate I've never thought that I would ever sue the company that I loved um, and loved working for. But when you start going after people just because of their belief system or, you know, and then also stepping in what I considered union business, I'm forced to be a union member because I'm a flight attendant, Um, you know, but to fire me over my pro-life views because it could be disparaging towards Southwest, uh, that's ridiculous. So I think what we need to do, you know, I'm not a sue-happy person, but I'm going to tell you the only way that you're going to get these companies to stop doing this is to punish them. And to punish them is, um, you know, they're going to have to pony up some money or something, you know, because that seems to be the only deterrent. And that's really sad. Um, And like I didn't go into this, you know, for a big settlement or money or anything like that. I went into this to protect our freedoms, our freedom of speech, our freedom association of, you know, even through my union, you know, the company should not have stepped in union business. There's so many avenues um, that they messed up, you know, um, with me. But we all do need to start standing up. And I think we need to start gathering more of us together and uniting to stop this insanity. Well, most definitely. And John, uh, Johnny, uh, quickly, go ahead. 
Oh, Johnny's gone. Okay, and Johnny is uh, stepping forward, and he is running for State House, House District 5. And you can get more information uh, about Johnny at Johnny J for Colorado House District 5. And I so appreciate him. Uh, I tell you, Charlene, stepping up, I, I love the fact that Johnny's doing that. We have Sandra and Loveland on the line. Sandra and Loveland, uh, what's your comment? Good morning, ladies, and thank you for standing in the gap with these this big issue of, of saving our, our babies in the womb. And I have a question. Did you have sisters and brothers in arms that were supporting you? I did. I have had a huge amount of support, and it's not just come from um, the people at my job at Southwest. It's come from all over the U.S., and I am so thankful that it is, you know, that, that these people prayed for me, they, they messaged me, they have sent, you know, encouraging things to me. This, this right here was not just for Charlene Carter. This was for so many out there that, and, and a lot of people don't know where to go and how to find the help. And, you know, companies need to realize that they have diversity workers and we're, you know, and it's really interesting because we're supposed to be, you know, tolerant, especially as Christians. Well, I am. But the same tolerance needs to be given to us as well. And it doesn't seem to be that way anymore um, in the workforce, in the workplace. Sandra? Well, yes. Uh, did you have another comment? Oh, no, I just, I thank you for your courage and um, for the brothers and sisters that stood beside you. I worked for Alaska Airlines, Reno Air. I've been in aviation most of my life. So I understand it becomes, you become a family up there. You spend a lot of time with these, with these folks. That is well, correct. And I have so many wonderful, wonderful people. There are, you know what, there's so much more good out there than there is the bad. And it really has shown me again, how much good is really out there in the world. Yeah, so it's that's wonderful. Sandra and uh, Loveland, thank you so much. We've got time for one more call. If you want to ask us something or make a comment to Charlene, 303-477-5600, 303-477-5600. I guess the other question I would ask you, Charlene, you lost your job five years. How did you live through these five years? And uh, were you surprised the settlement was as large as it is? Yes, I was. I was shocked, actually, about the settlement. Now, of course, this is all going to, you know, it, it's still in the works, of course. Um, the re How I survived is, you know, my husband is a pilot for Frontier Airlines. And so, you know, we were able to make it on, you know, his salary. The problem was, is most of mine was going, you know, towards my daughter's college um, and things and that, you know, and then our retirement. So it took a big chunk of, you know, of our, of our savings and our retirement that we wanted, you know, for our future. And, um, you know, like I said, nobody should lose their job and their livelihood um, over the things that I lost, lost them for. Um, and, and hopefully what will happen is we, the judge will make an order here soon, and I just might be going back to work. I want to go back to work. I loved my job. I actually loved the company that I worked for. I think that there needs to be some changes made, um, and you know, but we'll see what happens moving forward. 
Okay. Well, Charlene Carter, I know that there are so many people that, uh, and you've been on, you know, it was national news when this uh, this uh, occurred. So I congratulate you. I thank you for your courage. Uh, thank the good Lord for uh, walking walking you through this particular journey. This is a very big deal for everyday people, and I so appreciate it. So congratulations and thank you. Thank you, Kim. I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me on again today. Oh, most definitely. And my friends, I think the theme that we can say from this show is, uh, uh, today's shows, uh, both hours, is courage. Everyday people stepping forward with courage. That is the American idea. And when I say that at the beginning of these shows that we are made for this moment, we are made for this moment. And uh, it can be scary, but... Uh, Rest assured that the good Lord will give you the courage to walk through this. So uh, our quote for today at the end of the show is from Leo Tolstoy. And he says, each person's task in life is to become an increasingly better person. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.